human design is essentially your user manual and tells you how you're meant to operate in this world based off of your unique energetic blueprint, your unique design. So just to kind of contrast this, astrology, your natal chart pretty much gives you a snapshot of your life. Whereas human design is what teaches you how to navigate that life in the most optimal and authentic way for you. And the purpose really is to connect you back to your most authentic self, to reconnect back to you, to empower you to make the aligned decisions for yourself so that you can create those aligned circumstances in your life and therefore lead you down the path that's most fulfilling and authentic to you. I'm happy to introduce our next guest for today, Crystal Alferrero, business coach, branding expert, and human design coach, reader, guide, and also a Toronto sister. Thank you so much for joining us today, Crystal. I'm super excited to talk about all things human design with you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much, Mary. Um, and yay for Toronto. <laughs> I know that it's been tough over there, but you know things are things will slowly get better. Yeah, guys, Crystal's in Spain right now, so we could all be very, very jealous. <laughs> but you're right. I wanted to just start us off because human design is also very close to my heart as it is for you because you've dedicated your whole business towards human design. So to begin, what inspired you to go down this path in your truth-seeking journey? So basically, I discovered human design actually in March 2020. So basically, when I went maybe February, 2020, but when I went full in full time, <laughs> I'm like all in full time, uh, as an online business coach. And basically, you know, at the time I didn't really take it seriously because I just kind of thought of it as just another kind of personality test. Um, it didn't really, and I wouldn't say it didn't resonate with me, but I just didn't really take it seriously until, later on in my business. And I'll get to that in just a second. But basically, I was an online business coach. And I was just, you know, bombarded with all of this stuff online, you know, people telling me to do this, other people telling me to do that. And I was just trying to keep up. And it came to the point where I was just totally burned out and exhausted. And I was basically at this, like, I guess you could say business rock bottom where I was just pushing and trying so hard. And especially, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, there was this kind of underlying pressure to be more productive, to get more done. And so at that time, I was just trying to make the most of my time, but also feeling totally miserable and disconnected in the process. And so, again, I was like totally burnt out and exhausted and then kind of went back into human design because I got to the point where I'm just like, okay, I'm going to focus on my own personal development and my own personal interests. And, you know, I'm into all that woo woo stuff. I'm into tarot. I'm into astrology, human design, of course. Um, and so when I started to actually dig even deeper into human design and not just look at it at the surface level, like, okay, I'm a projector, but actually implementing the tools and the information that it gave me, you know, actually embodying my type, that's when things started to just completely transform for me. And it was because of that, like because of the practical tools that human design offered that, you know, you can actually experiment with. Uh, this is really what 
created that transformation for me completely. You know, it taught me how to harness that patience. Um, you know, it taught me how to move from that space of just doing, 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 and really reconnecting to my own flow and not the flow that society and that social media was trying to pressure me into that was creating this resistance and this fear-based action in my life. And so literally just with a month of leaning into that and learning how to surrender and take that step back in terms of playing with my strategy and learning how to actually implement that as it relates to my business as well, that was just totally game-changing for me. And there were so many people around me that were struggling and that were feeling exhausted and that were in that same situation that I was in as an entrepreneur, you know, burnt out and exhausted and not truly enjoying the process. And so it was because of that, that I started to see that there was really a need for human design for people to at least um, understand their own energy and how energetics works and how this really makes or breaks your experience and how you move through life. Because when we're in that space of just constantly doing, 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 it's like we're signaling to the universe that we don't have space for um, more aligned things to come through. We're just constantly acting out of that place of fear. And so it was really with human design that it gave me this new path, this differentiated path that was more suited to me and my energetic design. And so it was maybe, be, I think, August 2020 when I did my first kind of human design reader training, because that's, you know, it was the first thing that I could think of that would help me at least get my foot in the door and start to actually learn human design at a deeper level and learn how to actually use it to serve other people. And then so it was that next month when I completed my reader training that I actually just pivoted my entire business <laughs> and decided to share this with others because at that time I just felt really disconnected as a business coach. I think I was really only doing it because I thought it was something, you know, more practical. My background is in business. My background was in audit and accounting. And so I thought that at the time, you know, that would be the most practical route for me. Um, but human design really gave me that space to, or that opportunity to go down the more spiritual path, or I guess like, you know, in the, in terms of entrepreneurship, going down that road in terms of helping people reconnect with themselves and their intuition. Right. Yeah. And so that's exactly kind of why I decided to go down that human design path, because it gave me this kind of practical way to facilitate that transformation and reconnect to my my purpose, reconnect to my mission. Right. And I totally, totally relate to that because even me, when I transitioned to being a coach, it's like you have all these people, all these resources in front of you telling you this is the way to do it. And for me, it never really felt right. And so when human design actually got introduced to me, like you were saying, it's like, oh, we are not supposed to always hustle because we all have different energy types and things are supposed to flow in a natural smooth way when we are in alignment and human design lets you do that. And so for everyone who's new to human design, who has no idea what it is, can you just describe to us what it is and its purpose? Yeah. Um, so in the most basic sense, human design is essentially your user manual and tells you how you're meant to operate in this world based off of your unique energetic blueprint, your unique design. So just to kind of contrast this, astrology, your natal chart pretty much gives you a snapshot of your life. Whereas human design is what teaches you how to navigate that life in the most optimal and authentic way for you. And the purpose really is to connect you back to your 
most authentic self to reconnect back to you, to empower you to make the aligned decisions for yourself so that you can create those aligned circumstances in your life and therefore lead you down the path that's most fulfilling and authentic to you. And so really human design, it's a system for self-discovery and personal growth. And it's a synthesis of both ancient and modern sciences. So from astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah, the chakra system and quantum physics, and really each of these parts really plays a role in telling something about your unique essence. In other words, again, your unique, authentic self and who you are at your deepest level. And so the idea in human design is that we're all different. Therefore, the way that we do things and manifest things into our lives should also be different. So human design really acts as your permission slip and cheat sheet for doing things in ways that are authentic to you and feel good for you. I love that description. And you're right. For me, even like mm -hmm. when I was going through my personal development journey, as I still am going through that consistently, I was learning about like law of attraction. And I was wondering why is everybody who's going through the same training and journey as me, they're able to manifest things quicker or they're able to live a life that is so much smoother than mine. And it's because we're all following one modality of how we can attract things into our lives. And you're right, like we are all designed differently. So one way that might work for two people may not work for you. And so with human design, it really helped me understand my my energy better because we're not just bodies. And, and we know that because we're in the spiritual um, world. But I think what's more important is that the 3D world, we have like leaders like Tony Robbins telling you to work hard and this is the way to do it. And this is how you're going to succeed. But in reality, we all have a unique energetic frequency that we hold in this world and how we navigate throughout this world. And so for the energy types that you're talking about, I know that everyone functions very differently and often we have a hard time you know, living our lives because we're not living by design. So can you just go over the energy types? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, just to kind of go over what energy types are, you know, your energy type is really determined by what is unique and defined in your chart. So when we talk about defined in human design, it's really whatever is colored in, in your chart um, for anyone who's not really well versed in it. But again, each type was created with a different function in humanity. So I'll introduce them briefly going from the most common to the least common. And so we'll start off with the I guess you could say one of the most energetic types, and that's the generator. And so generators, again, they have this sustainable energy and they're here to really work. They're, they're called the great builders of society, of civilization, and their work really is their gift to the world. Um, and, you know, again, like I mentioned, they have the sustainable energy that allows them to work for these long periods of time, actually generators and manifesting generators, which we'll get into right after this is they're basically, you know, the most common types in humanity. So they make up around 67% of the population. And that's really what our nine to five work style is based off of. Um, if you look at this historically, Generators were the type that were pretty much enslaved by the rulers at the top to create empires and to really build, you know, things beneath them. And so the generators were valued for their sustainable work energy. And, you know, now we're in a time where no one's being, um, I mean, in the first world, I guess you could say, typically no one's being enslaved, you know, and so 
they're free to use this sustainable work energy to create whatever it is that, you know, whatever it is that lights them up. And so now they're here to really explore that and express that. And so one of the gifts of these peer generators are to really master any skill or craft. And they have these really what we call open and enveloping auras. And it's because they have the sustainable life force energy. Other people sense it. Other people feel good in it, especially if you are considered a non-sacral type. So if you're a projector, a manifester, or a reflector who do not have this energy, you actually like can take in that energy and amplify it yourself. So you get your energy a lot of the times from other people with this sacral energy. So in other words, generators and manifesting generators. And so going into the next type, which are manifesting generators, um, manifesting generators. So some schools of human design consider manifesting generators as a completely separate type. Other more traditional schools of human design consider manifesting generators as a type of generator. And essentially what makes them a type of generator is the fact that they both share that, that um, abundant sacral energy. And so they have this ability to um, sustain long periods of work. And so what makes a manifesting generator different from a generator is the fact that they have characteristics that are, I guess you could say, similar to the manifester type. And so what happens is that they move just a lot quicker in that sense. And so they're also known as the multi-passionate types that have all these urges and interests. They're a bit more impatient than their generator counterparts. Um, and they are really here to explore all these different interests. And that's what gives them this unique perspective that a lot of people don't have. And what their gift to the world is really that efficiency. So they just have this gift of knowing kind of what steps to skip in order to complete a certain task or project. And so I also like to call manifesting generators the energizer bunnies of human design. Like they are really, if you're... You can just tell when someone's an MG mm. when you meet them. They're all of my MG clients. They just have this certain energy to them and they're, they're kind of just bouncing off the walls sometimes. But I mean that in a really good way because I feed off that energy as a projector because I don't have that consistent access to it myself. And right. so when I'm in the energy, when I'm in their energy, um, I can almost be more energetic than they are. Right. And that's kind of how all these different types interact with each other. What type are you, by the way? I'm an MG. <laughs> you are an MG. That's yeah, an MG. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and yeah, like MGs are the ones that multitask and just have this capacity to do all these different things. And it's just, it's incredible to see and to witness. Right. And before we just move into the next energy type to know mm -hmm. what your energy type is, can you just lead us on a quick lesson on how can we find out our energy type and where do we go to find our body graph, like our, our human design chart? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think the first step is go to my different places. You can pull your free body graph chart. Um, but yeah, I just, I like the ease and how, <laughs> how, um, nicely lined up everything is and summarized it at mybodygraph.com. And there, all you need is your birthday, your time of birth, and your place of birth. And that's really what is needed to calculate your human design chart. Amazing. Okay, next. Awesome. <laughs> and so the next type is the projector. And so projectors make up around 21% of the population. Um, and because they are non-energy beings, so they do not have that defined sacral center that gives that sustainable life force energy, 
they have this tendency to burn out quickly and therefore they can be perceived as others as lazy, but this is just not the case. You know, they were here to um, use their energy efficiently and really show the rest of us how to do that. And so just other characteristics of the projector, you know, they are the insightful ones, the intuitives, the magnetic ones who have this kind of big picture view um, over how to do things. And just, they have, they have this unique insight that they are always willing to share, but the key for them is to make sure that they are also invited to share these things because oftentimes projectors have this tendency to give unsolicited advice because they do notice all these different things. But often when they do share this unsolicited advice, it's, it's met with resistance. It's met with, um, that rejection at times. And so it can be difficult as a projector to learn to manage that. And so um, another thing about the projectors is that they have what's called this focused and penetrating aura. So they have this gift of being able to really be in the presence of someone and penetrate that person's aura and recognize them for their gifts and their talents. And this is, again, what makes them these great guides. So projectors are you know, their role in humanity is to guide, to guide others, to facilitate creation. Um, and, you know, facilitating creation can also be, for example, helping those MGs and those generators fulfill their potential so that they can create and bring new things into the world. And so the next type that I wanted to get into was the manifester. And so, again, remember, we kind of talked about this with the manifesting generator they are the ones that are very quick moving. And so this is where they get that trait from. Mm. And so, um, again, manifestors have this very powerful aura, this very powerful presence. Um, they're driven and they're very powerful and they make up around 9% of the population. So they're pretty rare type. And they're actually the only type that can really initiate and do things without waiting because of their ability to manifest, hence the name manifester. Um, and the thing is that because of their powerful and dense aura, sometimes they can even be, I guess you could say, experienced by others as intimidating when it's really not the case. You know, sometimes they really just don't want to be controlled. Um, and they do just have these powerful auras, like they are the thought leaders of society. They're here to innovate. They're here to change things and shake things up. And so really their role in humanity is to initiate and to create impact. And so one of their gifts is really, it's their independence. Like they don't need to wait around if they want to make something happen. It's just like in traditional kind of law of attraction where they, where they kind of tell you to take that aligned action. So manifestors don't have to necessarily wait for the right timing to act on these urges that they get. Um, what they can do is really just act on them as soon as they come. And so, again, like there's different strategies involved in how that plays out. But specifically with the manifester, the idea is that they don't have to kind of sit around and wait. Um, but another thing that is important is that they also, similar to the projector, do not have that defined sacral center, which means that they don't have that sustainable energy. So it does become important for them, even though they have this ability to sprint through things to honor those periods of times where they need to rest in between. So they're like the sprinters, whereas the MGs and the generators are more like those marathon runners, if that makes sense. Um, and so the last type that I wanted to touch on was the reflector. And so Reflectors, I don't know, I find them so mysterious and I, I just love meeting new reflectors in real life. Um, but they're basically the passionate, talkative, unique types. And 
they're the ones who I feel are like the closest to our ancestors who are one with nature because they have this sensitivity to them. Um, if you look at their chart, they're the ones with all the white centers. And so when you have a lot of white centers, it means that you don't have this fixed energetic output. You have this ability to just take in the energy around you and your environment and amplify it and experience all these different things going through you. And so they are very, um, they are very sensitive. And so their role is really to mirror and reflect back to us how we're progressing as a society as they take in all this energy and amplify it. So actually, a reflector is kind of like a barometer for the world around them. They measure the world around them. You know, they can reflect back to you how you're doing. So if you were to put a reflector in a room full of happy people, they'll take that happiness and they'll amplify it. And if you put a reflector in a room full of miserable people, they will take that misery and they'll amplify it. And so that's just kind of a quick background on how the reflector aura works. And what they say with the reflector aura is that it's sampling. So again, because they're sampling the energies of everything and everyone around them, they have this unique gift of being able to read other people. And so that pretty much wraps up the five types. And I just wanted to make a disclaimer that there's no like good, bad, good or bad type. Um, there's no type that's necessarily more, I guess you could say, suited towards wealth, success and happiness. It just means that the way that we're designed to obtain, um, I guess, our desires and manifest things into our life and live our path, our unique path is different. And therefore, the, the approaches that we implement in our life should also be different and unique to us. I find that so beautiful because it just emphasizes the fact that, yeah, the people that you hang around with, your environment plays such a huge role in how you live out your design. And in relationship wise too, you were saying that, you know, everybody's different in a way where the way they master their energy and they, they interact with the world is also very unique. And so just by knowing your own energy type and maybe your family's energy type, you start to realize why they are the way that they are. And when you have that deeper understanding of how they operate in the world, you can then understand and have more compassion that this is how they just work. And I feel like that was my biggest breakthrough with human design because my whole life I was just, okay, like I'm really multi-passionate. I cannot focus. I'm so impatient. And I, I just told myself, okay, like this is who you are. There's something wrong with you. And I think that's one of the biggest breakthroughs people have when they first get into human design. It's like a reassurance that, hey, this is just how you are and there's nothing wrong with you. You're perfect the way that you are and um, you're uniquely you. And so I think that's exactly why I fell in love with it. And in terms of relationships, how are you able to apply human design in your own personal relationships? Because especially in a romantic partnership, it plays such a big role. And I just want to know your experience with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, relationships in human design can definitely be an entire class on its own. Um, but I think one of the first things that I did for me in my relationships is Simply just learn about your partner and understand that they operate differently than you do. And so I think you put it in great words before, but it's like you are perfect the way you are. So simply just cultivating that compassion for your partner and understanding and appreciating their differences, you know, I guess uh, recognizing their different gifts as well and supporting them through their challenges. That's one of the best things that you can do for them rather than, you know, trying to change them or making them feel bad for being a certain way. It's for one thing, um, my 
partner, actually my husband, he's also a projector. So one of the things that's that we kind of figured out for ourselves is like, you know, we do not have that sustainable energy. So it's also understanding, um, I think just in general for relationships and so not just me and my husband, but is your partner highly sensitive to energy? Um, you know, sometimes I've had a lot of clients where, you know, one partner is very sensitive to energy and very, you know, they're projectors. They don't have that sustainable energy to go and do all these different things. And the husband is this MG that just likes to go out and sometimes doesn't understand when um, his wife wants to stay at home. So just understanding those energetic differences and learning how to respect them rather than um, necessarily feeling bad or taking them personally if one person wants to stay home or not. Uh, also understanding how one person is designed to make decisions. So you're not pressuring your your spouse or your your partner to make decisions in a way that they're not designed to. So as an example for that, in my personal relationship, my husband is an emotional authority. And so he needs a bit of time to get to clarity as to what it is that he wants. Whereas I'm a splenic authority and my truth is in the now. And so I'm designed to make decisions like right now. And it would be very difficult for him if I were to pressure him to make decisions on the spot, because then that would end up be that would end up being something that he regrets. So it's like learning how one makes decisions and not necessarily projecting that onto your partner and making them feel bad because it's different from your own. Right. And then so, right. And then I think another thing that's very important for all relationships is look at the solar plexus center and understand um, how you, your dynamic. So if one person's defined or if one person's undefined, because the way that one person, or I guess the way that a couple creates and takes in emotional energy, that can cause a lot of chaos if you're not aware of how that functions between two people. So for example, my husband has a defined solar plexus where he is creating a lot of emotional energy. For me, I have an undefined solar solar, solar plexus. And so I, when I'm alone, I'm like very cool, calm and collected. But sometimes when he's in a bad mood, I will take in his emotional energy and I'll amplify it. And it just feels really chaotic for me. And so one of the things that I've had to learn was how to protect that. And so when you can understand, you know, how your partner's emotional energy works, I think that's one of the biggest, um, I guess, like one of the things that make the biggest impact in terms of using human design in relationships that you can look at and just understanding how your partner's um, solar plexus affects you and how yours affects them if there is any kind of difference between them. And again, it's also just in general, just giving them space to make their own mistakes and be there, being there to support their growth and their unique journey rather than trying to, again, project your preferences on them or try to change them. Because like you said, it's like we are all perfect. We all are here to fulfill our own unique journey. We are all, you know, just perfectly different. And that's really what human design encourages you to honor. And it's really a system that is here to it's here for our kids so that we don't condition them with the same kind of conditioning that we had. Right. And it's, we're so blessed to have resources like this available to us now, because if you think back in the past, you know, our parents, our grandparents had to go through life through trial and error, not knowing any of these things. And so um, just going back into the decision-making that you were saying, um, you can find like if for everybody who's 
listening right now, when you look up your body charts, you'll actually find where the centers are at. So if we talk about centers and our authorities, all of those information is going to be there. So once you find out, you can always come back to this podcast as well and re-listen to it just because it is a lot of information at first. And so Crystal, I just wanted you to go over the authority types because you say there's an emotional authority and your splenic authority and how we make decisions in the world is going be, going to be different than everybody else. So can you just please go over that very quickly? Yeah. Um, so first, I think it'd be helpful to describe exactly what authority is and why it's important. Um, but basically, authority is your decision-making tool because the idea is that your logical mind is not the most reliable source for decision-making because it's highly conditioned by our conditioning and fear or highly influenced by our conditioning and fear. And it talks us out of doing things that are actually good for us and that actually lead us to the most fulfillment and satisfaction in our lives. And so one way to bypass that in human design is to use your authority. And your authority is really how you experience and connect to your intuition in order to gain clarity, in order to come to your truth. And so in human design, there are seven types of personal authority that a person can have. Um, there's one emotional authority, and this is all about, um, first of all, someone with an emotional authority experiences um, emotional waves. And so it's important for them to wait until they're at this emotionally neutral kind of point before they make decisions, uh, just so then they're more clear on what it is that's actually true for them. And then the next authority is sacral authority. And this is all about that gut feeling. You know, some people may not necessarily feel that gut feeling, but it's more so um, that gut response, uh, having your energy being pulled towards something or not. And so, again, asking that gut, that, you know, your gut, your yes or no questions as to whether or not something is true for them. That's that's what's really important. And then the next authority, which is what I have, this is the splenic authority. And this is all about like instinctual kind of in the moment, just knowing whether or not you want to do something um, or whether or not something's true for you. And so some people experience it as this full body in the moment response, whereas other people kind of experience it as just this inner knowing. And I experience it as both. I've experienced both. And so just kind of taking a step back, one of the ways that I always encourage you to look at how your authority works is to, you know, think of a bad decision that you've made in your life or not a bad decision, but really one that you end up ended up regretting or one that you faced a lot of resistance around after you made that decision. And what was your process for coming to that decision? You know, like, were you up there in the mind kind of doing that pros and cons list? Or did you actually listen to some kind of, I'm not going to say sixth sense, but like, you know, did you listen to that kind of intuitive feeling that, that intuitive hit when it came to making that decision? So that's just one way to like retrospectively look back at your decisions and how you came to those decisions and seeing if they do align to your specific authority type. And if not, then again, experimenting with your authority and seeing whether it is something that works for you and it is something that leads you to your truth and the most fulfilling decisions for yourself. Um, and so going back to authorities, uh, the next authority is your ego authority. And this is all about kind of is because in human design, your ego really represents that willpower. And so with this ego authority, it's all about, do I have the will to do something? You will feel a pull towards that thing that you want to do. It's just, it's as simple as, do I want this? And if that answer is yes, and it's very kind of self-focused. So 
is there anything in it for me? If the answer is yes, then, and you feel good about it, then it's something that you should consider going after. Then that is your truth. Your truth is, you know, as you speak out your truth and it's kind of coming from that heart, you know? And so the next authority is self-projected authority. And so to quickly go over that, this is all about talking it out loud. And so you get to your truth by talking it out with others and also talking it out loud by yourself, like depending on um, what works for you, because I've had clients that, you know, can go out into nature and just talk it out loud to themselves. And that's how they connect to their truth. It's all about hearing what it is that you have to say and hearing what your truth is. And that's how you'll find what resonates with you. Then the next authority is really environmental or mental authority. And so this is one of the types of authority that it's not an inner authority. It really has more to do with external uh, circumstances. And so for environmental mental authority, the first step is obviously making sure that you're in the right environment. So any environment that feels good for you when it comes to making decisions. Um, And then secondly, also making sure that you have, similar to the ego and the self-projected, being able to talk it out and specifically talking it out with other people. So almost like your trusted advisors and soundboarding off of them so that you can, again, hear what it is that you're saying so that they can kind of reflect back to you what you're saying. And that is how you come to your truth. And then the last authority, this is reserved solely for reflectors. This is called lunar authority. And this is really all about waiting that lunar cycle. So that like 29, 29 and a half day lunar cycle before making decisions. So again, talking it out with other people, reflecting on this, um, feeling into your decisions over that, that 29 day period. And I maybe would like to change what I said about reflecting on it. Cause it's not about like overthinking your decision, but really feeling into what is right for you over that 29 day period and connecting to that truth. And so Like I mentioned earlier, each of these really represents a different way or mode of making decisions. Um, And again, like I'd like to differentiate it from intuition. So I see authority as how you are designed to best connect to your intuition for decision making. Um, Whereas, again, that's how you connect to your truth. And that's how you connect to what is actually clear for you. Thank you for that detailed (laughs) explanation. and. I'd like to note, like what you just said earlier, that the mind is never really the authority. And often we suffer and we're so confused and we're so lost because we get our minds. um, We have it in the way of our natural decision making process. And you can apply your strategy and your authority in small and bigger decisions. But I think when you were saying about reflectors too, you when they have to wait a full lunar cycle, I mean, for making small decisions, you don't have to wait 29 days. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And for like, cause I'm a sacral authority and I just came to understand that I'm just here to respond to things. And I've lived my life initiating and, and trying to force decisions and, and controlling how things should work. And I realized that I created so much resistance in my life because that's not how I'm supposed to make decisions. And so I think, I think you can agree to this too, that even though the human design chart, when you first look at it, it's a very, very intimidating, but the thing that we should all focus on is really just understanding our energy type and following our strategy and authority because everything else will really just naturally unfold. Mm-hmm. And 
there's so much that goes on in our charts, including the different centers. So can you briefly go over them and what they all represent so people who are listening can get a bit of a taster? Yeah, sure. Um, so again, this can go very in-depth. So I'll just share with you what the nine centers are and what they represent. And then I'll go on a high level around what it means if they're colored in. So in, in other words, defined or undefined or open, and that's when they're white. And so starting from the top, going down to the bottom, the first energy center we have is the head center. And this is what represents inspiration, thoughts, and questions. Um, and then we have the Ajna center, which is related to thinking, concepts, and answers. Beneath that, we have the throat center, which relates to communication and manifestation. Then we have the G center, which relates to love, direction, and identity. Then we have the heart center, which is also known as the ego center. And this relates to willpower, self-worth, self-esteem. And then moving down, we also have the sacral center, which represents that life force, workforce energy, and that creative energy that we were talking about, um, especially as it related to the generators and the manifesting generators. Then we have the solar plexus, and the solar plexus obviously has to do with emotions and feelings and passion. Then we have the spleen, which represents instinct, intuition, and survival. And lastly, we have the root center, which is all about pressure, drive, and ambition. And so if you have one of these defined, so if that's colored in in your chart, then this is an energy that's fixed um, and consistent within you. And it can give you insights into what your gifts are and what you're here to radiate out into the world. And if you're undefined in a certain center, it represents or it can give you insight into certain challenges and patterns that cause resistance in your life. And it can give you insights into what you're here to learn and what you're here to, um, again, be wise in. Your undefined centers are really your deepest sources of wisdom. So there's no one that's better than the other. Again, when it comes to defined and undefined, sometimes we like to think that the defined centers are better than the other, but they both have their their challenges and they both have their their strengths as well. So it's understanding what yours is and how that works for you so that you can navigate that resistance and you can learn those lessons that you came here to to learn and share that wisdom with others. And as a projector for you, like what were the most prominent ways human design has helped you master your energy in your business and learning how to have boundaries? Because like you said, you have an undefined emotional or sorry, solar plexus. I also have an undefined solar plexus. (laughs) And I've always considered myself as a very emotional person. And then when I found this out, I was like, holy crap, like I'm not emotional. I'm amplifying everyone's emotions around me. (laughs) Yeah. So how was that for you? Like as a projector, because I know projectors you, like you said, we you don't have that consistent sacral energy. And I noticed with my sisters, because they're both projectors, they always like to take naps. And I never understood <laughs> why they're always so tired. So can you just like describe to us what your experience as a projector was like and helping you master that? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, it was like mind blowing because I grew up my entire life probably like for sure acting out of my conditioning, but believing that I had this manifesting generator energy that I was able to, you know, force myself to do all the things. And it's not to say that I can't do them, but I was just going about it in a way that, you know, was not natural for me. And so in the corporate environment, for example, like I would get things done really quickly 
and then just really want to nap afterwards. Or like, I just couldn't understand people that would work all these like late, late hours and not just want to go home. And so it was a struggle for me in the corporate environment. I felt like I was lazy. I felt like I wasn't able to keep up with the people around me. And so even, you know, coming into entrepreneurship, all the, I guess, the marketing advice out there, it's all catered to mostly generators and manifesting generators, or at least the people that are sharing this. Um, A lot of them are generators and manifesting generators. And so again, as a projector, if you're taking in the advice of people that have that sustainable energy, it can be very chaotic. It can be very, um, yeah. Anyways, it gets you down this road of burnout. And so one of the ways that human design has helped me is again, giving me the practical tools to understand that first of all, I, it's okay that I don't have this, um, sustainable energy because I wasn't meant to work in that way. Um, and then also giving me the specific tools. So my strategy and authority in terms of learning, first of all, how I can use my energy more productively and efficiently. So specifically with waiting for the invitation as a projector and reconnecting to my own flow rather than be in that space of constantly initiating and doing and doing and doing and acting out of that place of fear and scarcity, right? So it, it really taught me how to take that aligned action so that I'm not just wasting my energy and spreading myself thin in all these different areas. And then specifically also with authority, you know, making sure that I'm investing my energy in the things that are correct for me and not just wasting it on all the things, even though, um, you know, this expert told me that this is what would work because a lot of the times, especially in the entrepreneurial space, it's like a lot of the times we often trust authorities outside of ourselves. And so the idea with human design is to connect yourself back to yourself, connect yourself back to your intuition and get back to being your own personal authority rather than outsourcing that power to other people. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to, well, first of all, in my business, when it came down to strategies, what works well for one expert is not going to work well for me. And the one way to discern whether that's going to, you know, a certain strategy or a certain thing is going to work for me is to connect back to my authority and connect back to what I feel is right for me and what feels good for me. And at the end of the day, when I did that, when I was able to actually trust my intuition, connect to my authority, especially when it came down to making decisions about strategies, um, about just different offers and programs, coming back to what felt good for me, that is what ended up being the most effective for me. And so I've learned how to kind of bring people into my business without actually having to push and pull for it all the time. And that was the biggest transformation really as a projector, learning how to surrender to my design and learning how to surrender that what's what's meant for me is going to happen. You know, what's meant for me is is there, right? And not just having to act out of, out of that place of like trying to force things to happen. And that's where you end up with all these energy leakages. And that's where you end up feeling exhausted and tired. So yeah, those were the biggest things for me, just really learning how to connect back to my strategy and authority um, in terms of my business specifically. That's really inspiring because I know a lot of people, and if you're listening to this right now, you know, especially in our day and age, we're so lost and we feel so unfulfilled because we're trying to just follow one way of living. And so with human design, like if you haven't already 
been introduced to it, this is your big fat sign to get into it because it might be the tool that's really missing in your life that can transform it in the most profound ways. And if you're just starting out, like it can seem very overwhelming. You just want to research everything. But I know, Crystal, that you actually do human design readings. So what can people expect in human design readings? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, first, I always prepare my clients a completely customized 35 plus page human design blueprint that goes over all the important details of your design so that you don't have to spend hours and months trying to make sense of it all on your own. You'll have all of that summarized for you in that blueprint. And then after you receive that blueprint, we hop on a Zoom call to really deep dive into your chart so that you can see the bigger picture around how all of these different components come together. Um, Because you can't just look at one of these things in isolation. It really, they all come together to create that unique story of who you are and what you came here to do in this lifetime. And it tells you insights about your gifts and the challenges that you face. And so, yeah, basically that's what we do during the call. And then um, afterwards, I always encourage questions um, if there is anything that comes up because it is a lot of information to take in. And so, yeah, a lot of the times, a lot of clients do come back with a a few more questions and that's totally okay too. Amazing. And what's the most asked questions you get from clients? I I just want to know because I'm really curious. Um, The most asked questions are, I guess, like in terms of why people come to me to do readings, a lot of the times it's what's my purpose or like one of my strengths. Um, How can I reconnect to like my purpose, stuff like that. Those are usually the most asked questions. Like people just want to know about themselves and you know what they came here to do. Right. I mean, that was my biggest question too, that got me started in my spiritual journey. And there's so many different avenues in spirituality where you can learn about yourself. And I feel like this is such like human design is such a good summarization of including many different modalities into one. And so if you are someone who's tired of searching everywhere of what your purpose might be, human design might be the thing for you that could really, really um, catapult you into your evolution. And I know, Crystal, that you've got a lot of projects that you're working on and launching <laughs> and you're really busy. So what can we expect from you in the next few months and where can we find you? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's really one big project, but <laughs> I'm basically launching the Human Design Academy where I'll, where I'll be offering my own human design reader training that's specifically catered to conscious coaches and aspiring readers who want to learn how to use human design as a tool, really, for empowerment and transformation. And it's going to be focused on a very practical and hands-on curriculum Um, where you'll not only learn the knowledge for human design, but actually how to apply it and give a reading in a way that's empowering and leaves your clients feeling confident and inspired in taking the next steps forward that they know they need to take um, in terms of connecting to their most authentic path and fulfilling um, future, really. And so the best place to find me is either on my website at crystalalfaro.com or actually I even prefer Instagram. <laughs> I feel like I'm very active on Instagram. So you can even reach out for me, reach out to me in the DMs. Um, 
And I honestly, I respond to my messages. So I promise I'm nice. And my handle is at Crystal Alferrero. And yeah, also, um, especially if you're new to human design and you want to learn more, I highly recommend that you check out my YouTube channel. And that's where I teach all the human design basics, including an overview of the energy types in more detail, um, the authorities, because I know I kind of just quickly <laughs> uh, rushed through them. I know, you know, it can get pretty out of hand because there's so much information, but highly recommend that you check out my YouTube channel. And again, just search Crystal Alferrero and you'll find me there if you're wanting to deepen your own understanding of human design. And yeah. I love your YouTube. I like binged all of your videos. <laughs> you teach so well and it's so digestible and it's not overwhelming. So I highly recommend that to people. And I just want to point out like the, does anybody ever tell you how calming and soothing your voice is? <laughs> Yes. Like all, all the time. time. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I kind of picked up on that because I could like listen to you all day. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I love it so much. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for such a detailed interview and going over such a dense system. And I'm sure a lot of people have learned so much. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. And for anyone who's looking for more resources on human design, I'm also listing Crystal's information in the show notes. So you can just click directly. For now, we say thank you for making it through the end with us today. Crystal, thank you so much for your time. I'm sure this is not the last time I'm going to talk to you because you're just pretty much getting started on this new chapter in your life. And so I'm really, really excited to see the magic that you create in all the lives mm -hmm. that you impact. Thank you so much much Mary for having me.